Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to prepare you for Sunday worship and beyond. Join Pastor Wright and myself as we look at the issues surrounding our church, Christian life, and the world at large through the lens of Scripture. Each week, we will be guided by the upcoming passages that will be read and preached on this week, seeking to invite you into a conversation about the Word of God for you. Greetings and welcome to Get Right for Sunday. We get to look at the first Sunday after Christmas. We have celebrated the birth of our Lord, and now we get to see him come into the world and his work. We're going to look specifically at the gospel lesson, and that is from St. Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. And specifically in that text, it is the Song of Simeon. And with this, you have this old man who has been promised by God to see the Christ. And so you have the Blessed Virgin Mary and the guardian Joseph, so Mary and Joseph, bringing Jesus as the ritual the eighth day to present him to the temple, present him at the temple. And I think this is interesting. Okay, so in my mind's eye, this is me speaking as a father. Here I am taking my kids to church, and then this old man runs to me, (laughs) grabs my kid, lifts him up, and starts singing this song. How is it that Mary and Joseph don't freak out? You know, I think Mary and Joseph maybe needed to, like, write a book. And I think they would have gotten a book deal if they lived in the modern age, where, like, uh, something along the titles of, like, uh, the unusual joys and challenges of parenting God. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would be a bestseller. I, I think it would. I don't think many other people have had the same problems they have had. Uh, but, I, I mean, it, it's almost par for the course. Yeah. Uh, they've already had shepherds show oh, up yeah. uh, at his birth just without RSVPing or anything. So... Uh, I wonder if they're maybe starting to get used to the unusualness of this. I mean, an angel announced that he was coming. uh, So, and his life will continue to be strange. Oh, absolutely. We'll have uh, Joseph have dreams and run to Egypt and back and forth and so on and so forth. So very interesting life, you know, and that's kind of stating the obvious. But here at the temple, we have St. Simeon. And he makes this statement. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all people a light of revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. This is a beautiful song statement. And it really encompasses all of what Jesus has come to do. And I really like how... Simeon brings out two things, all people and Gentiles. Yeah. And it's not that they're two separate people, but it's the idea that we hear in the Gospel of St. John that the word made flesh comes to his people and his people receive him not. Right. We hear Jesus himself say, I have come to the house of Israel. But we hear in Simeon's song, all people and the Gentiles. When Simeon has picked up on the the bigger promise of the Christ, of the mm-hmm. Messiah here, 
And I think that's fascinating because a lot of other people don't. I wonder if it's because he spent so much time like pondering it because it had been promised him that he would see the Lord's Christ, that he would see the Messiah before he he died. But it's amazing to see uh, this confession of who Jesus is at just eight days old mm-hmm. from this man who has been really waiting forever to see him. And this song is a joy that comes out of that. My own eyes have seen what is promised. These old eyes have received the promise that God gave to me. Mm-hmm. And now here it is in front of me, a little tiny eight-day-old baby. Well, not only that, the idea that the Holy Spirit moved him out of everybody and anybody that is there, he knows which child, which family right. to go to. And you're absolutely right, my eyes. We've been teaching the catechumens here at Holy Cross, and we're going through the, the creed and the statement, I believe. We can't make the confession for other people. We can't say that I will believe for others. And there is Simeon, my eyes have seen. And so we see that he gets to have the fullness of Christ, of God's fulfilled promise right there in his hands. He's touching the Christ. He's touching God. I think there's something really amazing about that. And I think Simeon understands the gravity of the situation, of the the weight that rests in his old arms. I, I, I think not only that, but to make this a public proclamation. I don't know how loud he is singing or speaking, but this isn't just a whisper. It's not just, hey, Mary, Joseph, come to the corner. I, I, I got to talk to you. This is a spectacle. And it is seen, and it is such a big deal that it's recorded in Scripture for us. And what's amazing about this is even though we have not seen the Christ, we have not seen Jesus in his physicalness as a man stand before us or as a baby, this statement is still ours to speak. And we get to say this, and it's not going to be this mystical, oh, I see Jesus in... Uh, the liturgy, or in the hymnody, or in the preaching, or in the pastor. No, we actually get to, in the fullness of what this says and gives, we get to say, with our own eyes, we see and behold the salvation of the Lord's Christ. Yeah. We get to do this in communion, the Eucharist, the Lord's Supper. There is the very body and blood of Christ. There we can see him, touch him, taste him. Uh, Christ is with us. Not in the same way that he was with Simeon exactly, uh, but he is with us. Our eyes have seen the Lord's Christ. And and we we shouldn't shy away from this language. And we need to, I mean, uh, St. John in his gospel, specifically in chapter 6, Jesus himself speaks of, eat my flesh, drink my blood for your salvation. That is one of the reasons, ways, and means that he brings his grace, mercy, forgiveness, salvation to us. And what Simeon holds in his hands is the very same thing you hold in your hands when you come to the altar and commune. 
And it shows that we're connected. It shows that this isn't some far off event, you know, a historical thing that happened. No, this is your story of salvation. You participate this in an active way. This is for the strengthening of your faith to be lived out here on this side of heaven. Because I'm going to go out on a limb here. And specifically, verse 32, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. That light, the Holy Spirit has made known the Christ for you, for me, for us, for all people. And we are the new Israel. We are the new uh, creation in baptism, but only in the light that has been revealed to us, the word made flesh. Yeah, And so we get to sing with Simeon, and, and that, that statement, you, Lord, you're now letting your servant depart in peace, Simeon's talking about his death. Right, because now he has received what he needs to receive before right. he will die based on the promise God made him. And we get to depart into the world being mm. filled, and we can look to our death, and we should, and again, not shy away from this language, because we are already conquerors over sin and death in Christ. And so if you've been filled with the Lord's Christ, the body and blood, you have this in faith, you have this because it is the promise of God, we do get to look in peace at our death, at the death of the faithful and those who have gone before us. This isn't a celebration of death. It is recognizing that due to original sin, Death has come into the world, right? but it is not the end. Uh, it is truly the promise of the beginning of forever and ever and ever in the glory of God, which is, again, just immense and huge. Well, before we started recording, you made a very interesting statement. Uh, this continues in verse uh, 33 Uh, to 35, uh, Simeon is talking to Joseph and Mary. Mm -hmm. And in the ESV, it is in parentheses, uh, verse 35, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Yeah, I had a a question about this. I was just like, what does this this mean? Uh, What is is Simeon uh, saying to, to Mary, to us? And it just is one of those sentences that just kind of kind of stands out and the, the imagery of you know the sword piercing the soul j- just struck me and and stayed with me and I I was really curious like what does this mean well if you just look at the previous verse uh, behold this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and a sign for and for a sign that is opposed so that through from many hearts may be revealed. Right here we see that when Christ comes and he himself says, uh, and and it always sounds weird because when we talk about Jesus, oh, Jesus loves you. He's nice. He just wants to hug you and make everything good and nice. Jesus says, I have not come to bring peace, but the sword. Well, that's scary because mm-hmm. that's that's wrath. And Jesus has the power to bring that. And he's talking about the fact that people will suffer for his name's sake. But as Christians, as believers, we will be pitted against the rest of the world. Right. 
And so when, and a sword will pierce through your own soul. This is Simeon talking to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. And I really love that he puts this in here because it brings about the humanness of Mary. Mary is still Jesus' mother. And you, you kind of made the joke about writing a book. <laughs> How can you mother or father a perfect child? Yeah. I, I can't fathom that. Uh, and with that, the idea that you also have the responsibility for keeping alive the Son of God. <laughs> we, but that's her son. Mm-hmm. That is her flesh and blood. It's not just her savior. It is her savior. Right. But not only that, but also her her child. And I think, again, this is language that we should not shy away from. We are connected to Jesus in the flesh. That's why he assumed the flesh so that we would have and be able to participate in all the work that he does perfectly for us. Now, we won't have the connection of mother and son as Mary and Joseph, right? or Mary and Jesus. But with this, Simeon is saying, this child is born to die for the sins of the world, and you will watch your son die. Mm-hmm. You will hear the trial, the false accusations. You will watch your son suffer. Now, your, your statement, not only her savior. And, you know, and that's not to diminish, oh, yeah, Jesus, he, he's, he's God. That's her son, the one that she cared for, the one that she nursed, the one that she really literally kept alive. Yeah. And we've heard, in fact, you preached this Sunday uh, with, with the, the death of your friend, mm-hmm. the, the pastor saying. About a week ago. Right. Yeah. No parent should bury their children. Mm-hmm. Mary suffers this in a horrific way. She watches and participates in this, just like some of the disciples and so on and so forth. And so Simeon making this statement, a sword will pierce through your own soul. That that just hurts to think about. It, it must, I think it's a description of what it must have felt like to watch her son be crucified. Yeah. And Simeon is prophesying, mm-hmm. uh, letting her know that that this will happen. And I, I don't think she necessarily understood no. what it would mean here, but there would come a day when she would look back on those words and know that her soul had been pierced. Right. And we can connect to this on some level because well, let's fast forward to, to Good Friday, mm-hmm. the, the crucifixion. Yeah. Good Friday and specifically the service, it's not our chance to have a funeral for Jesus, but this is our chance to truly lament our sins. We mourn the fact that we are sinful and that we deserve eternal damnation. But, and I do mean that in the grammatical way, that it negates the the statement, Jesus comes and dies for our sins. When we look at Good Friday, we see the depths of God's love in Jesus, which rescues us from sin, from death, from hell. But we also see what had to take place. And uh, Luther, I believe, made this point that um, too often we take lightly our sins. 
But God, thanks be to God, he didn't take our sins lightly. In fact, he's so serious about our sins. Jesus was born. Jesus lived. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. And so we, too, get to see our connection to Jesus, but we see this in the gospel. We see this in the reception of his work placed upon us, his righteousness, his perfection, his love, and so that we can be in true confidence in the peace that passes all human understanding. We get to receive the mercy. We get to receive the forgiveness. We get to receive God's good and gracious will for salvation, which then should motivate us to repent. And repenting is the turning away, changing our lives, strengthening our faith, living out the fact that we have seen the salvation. The Lord has come to us. We hear this, we receive it, and live it out. This is truly the excitement of Christmas. Mm -hmm. It is living out in the gift that truly keeps on giving because <laughs> Jesus forgives and forgives and forgives and forgives, and we live that out in, in the wonderment of faith. Well, in all of the joys of life within the church, that is exactly what we get to do, and we are so thankful that you have joined us. And please like, share this podcast so that others may hear of the depths of God's love in Christ for their salvation. Thank you so much for listening. God's peace. Thank you for joining us for Get Right for Sunday. We hope this has helped you prepare for Sunday and beyond. Services at Holy Cross Lutheran Church are 6 p.m. Saturday and 8 o'clock and 9.45 on Sunday morning. That eight o'clock service is live streamed on our Facebook page and our website. If you've enjoyed being a part of this conversation, please share it so that others may benefit as well. And feel free to continue today's conversation by contacting Pastor Wright and Vicar Leeper. Thank you. And we hope that you'll join us again next week to Get Right for Sunday. <laughs>